What's happening, sports fans? What's good? Christian Pedersen here in the San Diego Prep Insider Studios bringing you the Week 9 football recap show. These are the scores from Friday, October 18th here in the San Diego CIF section. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you are new to this, welcome to the show. The way this all works is right now I'm going to give you scores and results from around the county. I'll hit the entire scoreboard. It's going to take me about 15, 20 minutes tops. Then you can jump forward to all of our guests, pundits, reactions from people around the county that were on the scene throughout San Diego County. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, all of our content here is brought to you by our good friends at Blast Radius Coffee. For more information, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. We will get it started with our first one being a one-point thriller for Patrick Henry as they come out on top 44-43 over the Mission Bay Buccaneers. This moves Patrick Henry to 5-3 and three on the season and... You know, when you're looking at at, at the, the box score, you, you see just what kind of a statement this win was for, for, for Patrick Henry. 22 fourth quarter points to pull out the victory. They were trailing 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. So huge credit to Mission Bay. We've been saying all season long that this Mission Bay Buccaneers team is it's projecting outward very nicely for the way they're trending. But for Patrick Henry, this is a uh, an, an amazing statement of, of they can make the adjustments. They are as, as lethal as we have seen them be as any other team has been in the last two weeks. And, and, and it's perfect timing heading into their game against Scripps Ranch next week. One more time, that's Patrick Henry, 44, Mission Bay, 43, Calvary Christian Academy beat Rock Academy 55-14. Second win of the season for Calvary Christian Academy. Congratulations there. Madison 35-10 win over Point Loma. Madison at 5-3. Looks like a legitimate contender in that Division I playoff race. Kearney 67-6 over the Hoover Cardinals. 32 points in the first quarter for the Kearney Comets. The win-loss doesn't show, you know, maybe what 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 they feel their internal standard is uh, with Coach Gray and, and and company at Kearney, but I think this win to me proves that the offense is capable of being a threat no matter when and where. And and as you look at the uh, Division Three playoffs. They're fighting for a spot to get in, so they're they're in every win counts in, in that big kind of way mode right now. Scripps Ranch, they remain undefeated. 34-6 win over the San Diego Cavers. Raymond Brown from San Diego Football Network was at the game, and he will have a full report for us later in the show. All I have to say is uh, congratulations, Scripps Ranch. That's huge. Coronado, speaking of huge, gets a win 29-22 over the Crawford Colts. Coronado now 5-3 on the season. They're back in it. They're back in the hunt. You look at the Division Four playoff seedings, they're somewhere you know, in that five-seed conversation. Maybe could go up to a four, down to a seven, somewhere in that range, but put some early season woes behind them and coach Hines and company they're they're moving the ball real well right now they got to take on San Diego the cavers next week so that's that's their big remaining test to see just how good they can be but I look at this and, and I see that as a huge win to help build some momentum late in the season there Mira Mesa they get a, a huge offensive night 62 points as they top University City 62-26 for the Mira Mesa Marauders. We're seeing the young guys start to finally figure it out. Coach Thompson, you got to give him a lot of credit for electing to, to start such a young group, get them sort of a baptism by fire season. And, and you can see that the outline for the future is there. So congratulations on that win, second win of the season for them. Lincoln, 
32-7 over La Jolla. This one close at half. Lincoln led 9-7, but Lincoln's defense gets a safety. The offense punches in a couple touchdowns. We will talk to Calvin Pierce, who was there at the game later in the show. Sarah, 62-0 over Claremont. The Conquistadors seem to have erased any and all concerns from earlier in the season as they are now 6-2 and with a 3-0 and league mark. Just going to read this and leave it. 296 points for 70 points against. Ramona, they win 48-8 against Fallbrook. Castle Park remains undefeated with a 38-0 win over Southwest San Diego for Castle Park. This is eight wins this season. Eight and oh, let that soak in. This team at one point last year was not healthy enough to start games. That's how shallow they were. Things have turned around incredibly. They uh, are in a, a, a de facto league championship game, you would assume, two weeks from now against Montgomery. So they got San Ysidro first, then Montgomery to close out the season. All eyes need to be on that week 10 or week 11, I suppose, game against Montgomery for Castle Park. It, 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 that's going to be a That's going to be a throwdown and a showdown. Speaking of an absolute throwdown, San Pasquale, 35-32 win against Valley Center. For the Golden Eagles, this win brings them to 7-1, and one, and I believe top 10 in my personal voting in the San Diego Union-Tribune poll. I want to know from you guys, though, out there listening, what do you make out of the margin of victory? We'll talk about this later with some of our guests who, who have had their eyes on San Pasquale as well. It's certainly interesting when you have a team that is, is putting up the wins and staying close in the losses like San Pasquale is 7-1 for them as they top Valley Center. And for Valley Center, it, it, that's just a hang-with-them type of loss. Monta Vista snaps Santana's undefeated streak with a 37-10 win over the Sultans. 8-1 for Santana on the year. Still nothing to laugh at. They... Uh, I mean, they're still in, in, in the driver's seat, I believe, in that Division Four playoffs. I don't... It's it's them and Montgomery and Sarah. It's it, it one loss here. I don't know how you can be anything other than, you know, it, it's, it, it was bound to happen. Most teams it happens to. For Monta Vista, though, this one is a reminder that all season long, they... Have been playing some pretty tough teams. You look at their losses to Lincoln, Patrick Henry, high-quality Imperial team. Three schools right there that are, you know, we're talking about them on Friday nights as being the teams to watch. So, Hamamoto, he's got, he's, he's, got, he's got a team that's got size, it's got physicality, and it's starting to make a little bit of a statement there. Look for them to climb, you know, maybe back into that eight seed. They'll probably be on the road, but I think a, a win like this shows just how dangerous they can be on the road come playoff time. Francis Parker with a 45 nothing win over Escondido Charter. They get one step closer to that fight back to 500. They're now 3-5, and five, but more importantly with a 2-0 and oh mark in league. It's a good sign trending upwards for the Lancers. Cathedral Catholic wins the Holy Bowl 35-14 over St. Augustine. SD Preps himself, Bodie De Silva, the scorebook live reporter for the San Diego CIF section, was at the game. We will have a full breakdown from him. Needless to say, this one was dramatic, and the ending was emphatic. We will hear more, though, from Bodie in person. Montgomery, 48-0 win over San Ysidro. Already mentioned the Aztecs before as really being a, a one of three pivotal teams in that Division Four race right now. They are seven and one. They have still not they, 72 points allowed this season, so they're still not at 100 points surrendered. They, they, their victories come, let's see, we've got th four shutouts, only one multi-touchdown game. Certainly looks like Coach Dunkel has himself a clear path 
it to, like I mentioned, that league championship game in week 11. Orange Glenn, 48-0 win over Maranatha Christian. Continuing to raise the stock of, I believe, that Orange Glenn is one of the sleeper teams to threaten in the Division Four playoffs. Last year's Division Five champions, it's always interesting to watch those teams that move up a division, how they can maintain that next year. Out in the Inland Empire, the Central Union Spartans moved to 6-2 and two, again with a 38-7 win over the Imperial Tigers. Rancho Bernardo continues to win and impress. They look like they have put their slow start behind them this season as they move to 6-2 and two with a 27-21 win over Mount Carmel. Morse continues to flash the impressive offensive numbers. A 58-22 win over the Christian Patriots. Torrey Pines gets a huge late-season win to move to 4-4 four and four with a 21-18 win over San Marcos. Ocean View Christian tops Warner 44-12. Up in the North County, Carlsbad continues to make a push for the open division as they come up with a 28-14 win over El Camino. Cole Wright had some amazing touchdown catches, or some amazing catches, as we saw from Coach Swain on Twitter. And this is an, I mean, this is this is marquee football being played every single week by Carlsbad, and this is El Camino continuing to prove that they're not to be taken lightly in the Division II playoff race. How high does Carlsbad go? They, do they go to the four seed? Do they go to the three seed? We've got a couple more weeks to still figure that out, but right now, this take this one as a state a, a high-quality win for both for both Carlsbad and a, a, a close as you come to a moral victory for El Camino. Oceanside flexes a little bit of their offensive muscle with a 63-7 win over Rancho Buena Vista. The Pirates look to have put that goose egg from Mission Hills completely behind them and gotten back to their early season offensive successes. Steel Canyon remains undefeated with a 49-7 win over Valhalla. Much like Castle Park and Montgomery, Steel Canyon has a late-season game circled right now. Not to overlook any opponents, but their last two are Grossmont and Helix. And I say circling that last one because last season, Steel Canyon provided a little bit of fireworks late in the year with a win against Helix. This year, could we see more fireworks is this a showdown for the actual de facto number one media polls, actual CIF playoff power rankings have some disparity as to that. So look for a league championship and perhaps a number one overall seed to be decided on that last night. That being said, they still have to get through a road game at Grossmont. But for now, they get to celebrate a 49-7 to win against Valhalla. And for Valhalla... You know, finish out strong, get to those playoffs, hang in there as a tough road team that knows how to run the ball. This is not down and out completely. This is not going to be the way that Valhalla ends their season, I'm predicting. In the South Bay, Mar Vista comes up with a 36-22 win against Sweetwater. Mar Vista at 3-5, and but 1-0 in league after this win. Look for them to be able to go on a late-season surge. Holtville, 54-0 win over Mountain Empire. Up in the North County, perhaps one of the upsets of the night. West Hills, 14-7 win over the Escondido Cougars. For West Hills, this moves them to 5-3. and 1-1 one and one overall in the Grossmont Valley League. They are... Uh, part of that second grouping in the Division Three playoffs with San Diego, Modern Day Catholic, La Jolla, Benita Vista, that becomes a very interesting parody. Everybody's equal, coin toss, pick them, go watch those for sure type games on a Friday night. Escondido, hang tough with them. 
that's the that 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 that's just that's just what football is sometimes. La Jolla Country Day gets a sixty to three win over Army Navy. The offensive stats uh, abundant there. You can go check them all out on Twitter. We have that retweeted at SD Prep Insider. Vista gets a forty-seven to seven win over Westview to continue to make a claim to be a top ten team in San Diego County. Let us know on Twitter at SD Prep Insider what you think about Vista's claim to a top ten spot. Helix. They defend the musket with a 54-14 win over Grossmont at Grossmont. You know, I don't know what you say past Helix is just good. They're 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 gonna they're gonna have that game against Steel Canyon. That's gonna be a lot of eyes on it, but no matter what, this is a this is a phenomenal team, and you look forward to what they're gonna be able to do in the playoffs. Calvin Christian falls to United Christian Academy 65-34 out in the Inland Empire. Brawley 49-7 win over Southwest El Centro. Modern Day Catholic gets a 30-21 win over Otay Ranch down in the South Bay for Modern Day Catholic. 5-4 and four mark now on the season. They got games against, or they just have one game, excuse me, remaining on the season against Benita Vista. So, Coach Joyner, after perhaps some early season questions, has turned this this team into a very competitive team that would not surprise me if they become one of the ones in that Division Three middle group, like I was just talking about with West Hills, that, that is very, very evenly matched. Mission Hills, 14-10 win over La Costa Canyon. San Diego, or uh, SD Preps, Bodie De Silva will be with us to talk about this game later in uh, in the show, Mission Hills on that outside looking in perhaps of the open division, but continuing to put pressure on the teams up there. Who knows? We'll see when the new computer rankings come out. East Lake gets 12-7 win over Olympian as they try to march back to 500 on the season. Hilltop 35-29 win over Chula Vista. It's Hilltop and Scripps Ranch as the one-two in that playoff race. So every win they get continues to build confidence for them and continues to build out an amazing, dramatic plot line there. Vincent Memorial gets a 41-0 win over Calipatria. Palo Verde Valley takes home a 27-0 win on the road at Calexico. Perhaps the upset of the night happens out in the East County with El Cap 25, Granite Hills 23. Adam Paul at EC Preps on Twitter will be with us later in the show to discuss the significance of that win, but needless to say, it's a big sigh of relief that on homecoming, you get a dub. Congratulations, Vaquero Nation. Mount Miguel, 49-7 win over El Cajon Valley for Coach Starr. This is back to 500 on the season as he continues to build his new dynasty, potentially, at Mount Miguel. Right now, the Division Four playoffs. There, there's we've mentioned Santana, Montgomery, Sarah are all that 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 upper upper slate. You would maybe perhaps say La Jolla Country Day up in that as well. But Mount Miguel comes into that middle group of right now. The next two weeks for them becomes fighting for the chance to get a home game. And you look at the schedule, and and, and you you know they got they got West Hills and Del Norte. And that those are two potentially coin tossy pick 'em type games. Look for this team to maybe be, you know, worst case scenario, a five and five team heading into the playoffs, right on the borderline of getting that eight seed home game. Finally, our last score: Poway thirty five nothing over Del Norte for the Poway Titans. Six and three mark now on the season. They got a great rivalry game coming up against Rancho Bernardo in two weeks. So they get a bye heading into an away game at Rancho Bernardo two weeks from now to close out the season and try and cement themselves a home game in the Division II playoffs. That's the entire scoreboard here in San Diego County. Other than the Saturday games, our apologies to Bishop's Santa Fe Christian, Tri-City Christian, and let's see who else. I am so sorry. I, 
Classical Academy. My apologies to all four of those schools for not having you included on this show, but we will tweet about it and have interviews from the games, so you'll be covered. Don't worry. Thank you very much, as always, to Blast Radius Coffee for making this all possible. Stay tuned for all sorts of voices from all around the county. You're listening to the Week 9 San Diego Prep Insider Recap Show here on SD Prep Insider. We are now joined by Calvin Pierce at CalvinTSC on Twitter and Instagram. You know him from the man with the next level edits, that kind of stuff that just goes viral every time it's out there. Calvin, thank you very much for joining us. You were at Lincoln La Jolla tonight. What did you see? Uh, I saw Lincoln getting back on the on the right page today. It, it kind of started off, I went, well, the first drive, I, I like the first drive. It had uh, Tyler. Tyler Jensen starting, and I believe it was the very first drive. He marched it in. He got a nice little uh, connection over to Benjo. And uh, I think a drive or two later, then La Jolla scored. If I'm not mistaken, that was the only score La Jolla had. And then uh, it was like kind of almost going back to some of Lincoln's old ways. And I don't know. I'm going to let the referees go back and look at the tape. It was a ton of flags, I want to say. Almost, it felt like twenty to two, and, and, and some, uh, and a lot of flags going uh, against Lincoln, and uh, Lincoln was able to finally get it back on track, and I think Dallas uh, uh, Reyes ended up scoring, I believe, on a run play, if I'm not mistaken, and then the young freshman, um, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen Cooper, he ended up scoring uh, two rushing touchdowns late in the game. And that's kind of how I went in defense. The defense ended up no turnovers uh, for the Lincoln defense today, but they pretty much held it down as far as not letting the opponent uh, run up no scores today. Final score coming in at 32-7 to Lincoln over La Jolla. This one, though, uh, uh, Samuel Cooper the fourth there, like you mentioned, punching in the touchdowns at the end. This went from relatively close game at the half to uh, a dominant Lincoln win by the end of it. Walking away from this game, what what would kind of help us understand the, the the vibe on the sideline, the confidence the team has, because it, it's down to the final stretch now in the season. This is definitely the momentum they need to be going into the, the last the, the last stretch, the fourth quarter of the season. Uh, what they got Point Loma, Point Loma next week, and then uh, I believe Cathedral Catholic next week. So you're going to need all the momentum going into these next two. And I believe uh, it was able to capture that uh, um, late in this game and, and go get away with a big win and uh, be able to rally the troops. To, um, and from my understanding, no, no injuries or nothing like that. So they should be going into the next week healthy and just building off of what they did tonight. Definitely got to give a shout-out on the defensive side for – Lincoln as they came up with a sack in the end zone for a safety that kind of to me shows that you know the, the big playmakers are still there La Jolla give them props and credit for keeping this one close for as long as they did they will be the sneaky hard to beat 500 or just above 500 team by the end of the season look out for them in the playoffs Calvin any closing notes on that game before I toss a couple more scores from around the county at you no, like like you said, you got to give La Jolla some credit for even being able to stick in there as long as they did. They they kind of remind me of like another team like uh, El Camino. Um, if they catch you slipping, they're bound to beat you. But uh, they they got some kids over there that they got some fight in them, and you definitely saw some of that fight come out tonight. And they they just wasn't going to lay down for Lincoln or anyone. And uh, the score just ended up uh, turning out what it turned out to be at the very end of the game, thirty-two-seven. But they, they fought in. They fought pretty hard. All right, can I hit you with a couple of scores from around the county? Yes, sir. All right, so I want to talk about obviously the Holy Bowl with everybody. So give me your take. Thirty-five, fourteen, Cathedral Catholic wins this one after overcoming a fourteen, uh, at least a touchdown uh, difference early in the game. They were behind. What do you? What's your takeaway here? So I was I was actually listening to this one in the booth as I'm recording and paying attention to the Lincoln game, and when I'm first uh, when I first tapped into that, when I saw what was like 14-0 Saints, and I was like, ooh, Saints could probably take this one. And next thing you know, I, I don't know what, what part of the uh, game did DJ go down. Do you know? 
according to uh, I was talking with Bodie De Silva at SD Preps, the Scorebook Live reporter. It sounded like it was about the start of the third quarter. Yeah, so DJ went down. I know a, a Saints player. What was it? Uh, Tyson went down, and from all I all I could hear on the radio uh, broadcast is uh, the the running back basically just put uh, for Cathedral just put the game on his back. Uh, he, he had to finish with close to 200-plus yards and a couple of touchdowns? I believe so. I'm I'm trying, uh, admittedly, to look up all the uh, yeah, stats on the different. Yeah, uh, I don't let's have see what do we got. We don't have anything. Stats, yeah. I know for sure it was somewhere in that ballpark, 200-plus with a couple of touchdowns. And, uh, man, he just was able to uh, do what he do. Um, they have that big O-line with everybody in San Diego. It's familiar. If you're not familiar with it, you, you know they got one of the biggest lines in San Diego. And basically, when they when they maul you all game, yeah, if you got some athletic guys, you're able to hang in there for the first and second quarter. And we see this at the next level, especially in college and NFL. You can hang in for the first and second quarter, but when those guys keep pushing on you and leaning their body weight on you, eventually you wear down. And the third and fourth quarter, I believe that's when he really just took over because that the other team is bound to wear down eventually. It certainly was a bit of a statement win by the end of it. The Cathedral Catholic should move into that 1A, 1B, 1C type category for the number one spot in the county. I also want to ask you about Scripps Ranch and uh, them remaining undefeated this season with a 34-6 to win over San Diego. What do you see there? Man, that... Those boys have been balling all year. What uh, do you know? What what division are they? Is that one or two? Calling that up for you right now. Uh, Scripps Ranch is Division Three, so they are okay. they are in a very competitive spot. They should they should they should probably I, I wouldn't just give it to them, but they they probably gonna be the leaders right now. On paper, too. Well, if, if, right right now on paper, Division Three looks like this. It goes Scripps Ranch, Hilltop, Central Union, and then Brawley. Uh, San Diego, with this loss, drops into fifth in uh, Division Three. So Hilltop, Central, Brawley, San Diego, the four teams chasing behind Scripps Ranch on paper. I, I, I've seen Hilltop. I, uh, I They could compete with this. It would be a very good championship game. Certainly uh, seems like this puts a statement though between one and five. Yeah, Scripps Rams, they 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 definitely rolling like that undefeated. They they got the momentum, and so I'm pretty sure their coach is going to be pretty happy with that and uh, going in pretty healthy because like like we for weeks now we've been talking a couple of teams around county has gotten some nicked up players and then like with the Cathedral and Saints getting nicked up players. We'll love to see some of these, a lot of these teams going to the playoffs healthy. We want to see the best ball being played at the uh, the best time of the year. We, we hate to see guys down or guys missing games. Fun fact, to date, Scripps Ranch, they've only allowed 43 points this season through eight games. Wow. I'll take that any day. <laughs> oh, the coach, man, they, they're over there locking it down. They got some players, and if I'm not mistaken, they got some guys that's going to be getting looked at D1 or getting some offers. Those guys are playing lights out. Any other scores from around the county that kind of caught your eye tonight? Man, every week, you got to keep looking at this uh, Steel Canyon and Carlsbad. <clears throat> Steel Canyon took Bahala 49-7, and then what Carlsbad, they, they're not laying down for no one. They... Uh, it was in a hard-fought one tonight. It wasn't. It ended up close. What was that final score? Carlsbad and Carlsbad twenty-eight, El Camino fourteen. Yeah. So that 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 seemed like that one's going to shake down to the to the to the wire for that last fourth spot in the open. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how that all pans out. Yeah. So Steel Canyon forty-nine seven win over Valhalla. Carlsbad, like I mentioned, twenty-eight fourteen win over El Camino. You can check him out out at Calvin underscore TSC on all the social media. Look for his amazing edits and insider access like none other. Calvin, thank you very much for joining us. Anything uh, on the way out before we say goodbye? Hey, I'm, I'm still loving what Montgomery is doing, too. It's, they building a winning culture over there. That's all I got to say. And, uh, man, I've been looking forward to talking to you next week.
Sounds good, my man. Go give him a follow, and we will talk to you soon. We are now joined by the ever so wise and good Bodie Silva at SD Preps on Twitter and Instagram, the official scorebook live California San Diego CIF section reporter. They are our great digital part or the, the great digital partners with CIF. Bodie, thank you very much for joining us. You were at the Holy Bowl tonight. Tell us what you saw. Yeah, I was there and Saints came out quick. They they jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. Uh, Angelo Peraza threw a touchdown as the first quarter expired to give them a 14 nothing lead and um, really had really had Cathedral confused. Um, Cathedral worked back though. They got they got a couple field goals, one late in the second quarter, um, and then that's right when when Tyson McWilliams got hurt for Saints. So that was a big blow. A guy that uh, he's their punter. He plays both ways. He returns punts. So um, him going out of the game there hurt. And um, Cathedral came back in the second half and got the run game working. Um, DJ Ralph went out of the game. They brought in sophomore quarterback Charlie Meyer, and next thing you know, he, they score on all four possessions and uh, get a couple two point conversions. And and Xavier Watson, I mean, he's he's the story here. Ran for 280 yards and four touchdowns tonight. So might be a baseball player first, but he showed he could play some football. Cer- certainly shows the versatility. Uh, when we were discussing this game. Uh, earlier in the week on our preview show, we talked a lot about the pass game being one of the big battlefields in this game, and injuries suffered on both sides force a little bit of adaptation, but talk to us about that impact uh, coming away from this game. Yeah, so Cathedral early on, um, they weren't really connecting on any passes, and, and I think that's what Saints was kind of daring them to do. Um, and, and really throughout, Cathedral never really needed to go to the pass game. They had a couple here and there, but um, as it went on, they were able to wear, wear the Saints front uh, seven down um, and, and just keep throwing Xavier Watson at him. I think he ended up with 28 carries tonight. Um, and, and for Saints, their pass game never was, was all, all that on. I mean, losing Tyson was big, but um, Jaleel Tucker caught the early touchdown, and, and from then on, it was just inconsistent. I know uh cathedral grabbed two interceptions there uh deshaun swafford he grabbed both of those so he had a really good night uh but it was just inconsistent i think cathedral pressured him and and couldn't let them get into a a good passing rhythm i apologize for that beeping sound that those of you are hearing perhaps on the end because uh, adam paul was on the other line putting him on hold uh bodie de silva at sd preps is joining us right now he was at the holy bowl so bodie with a final score that you know, perhaps maybe doesn't entirely read the the tale of the tape with thirty five fourteen Cathedral Catholic. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We will see in the long run. But for your just immediate reaction, what does this do for your top ten voting? Yeah, I mean, I I've had him at two and three. I think I'll continue it there. I mean, this was a game that looking back now, Saints was up fourteen to twelve to enter the fourth quarter. Now, granted, Cathedral had the ball inside the ten at that point. Uh, and, and we're able to, to execute that in. But I, I don't see any reason to change it. I know Carlsbad grabbed another win tonight. Uh, they went to El Camino and grabbed one. But at this point, I, and I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll get another Saints Cathedral game, and maybe this is a, a first-round open division game, and uh, maybe Helix Carlsbad on the other side, or maybe Steel Canyon. We'll see. Any final shout-outs, fallouts, anything you want to talk about from the Holy Bowl before I uh, go county-wide with you? Um, no, I mean, just obviously a great atmosphere as packed as I've seen it and, um, people parking wherever they can get a spot. So that was fun. You did not get towed this year, correct? I did not. I I managed to, we'll see, maybe come basketball season. I can, I can give into that. Very good. Um, for those of you that are new to the show, Bodie DeSilva is a traveling man. He is at schools all over the county all year long covering games for Scorebook Live, and that does include games where he has to find questionable parking spots that end up with him getting towed in the middle of the night. So once a year, there is some sort of a, of a festivus for us to celebrate when that happens with Bodie, uh, and glad it didn't happen tonight. But Bodie, right now, I am looking at your How My Top 10 Plus Others Fared in Week 9 tweet that you posted, and a pair of top 10 teams squaring off. We've already talked about Cathedral Catholic and St. Augustine. Let's talk about Mission Hills and LCC. 
14-10 win there for Mission Hills. You have them at 6 and 7, Mission Hills and La Costa Canyon, respectively. What do you see out of that one? Yeah, so it's about what I expected. I know it's two teams that are always prepared on defense. Uh, Mission Hills especially is really talented on defense this year. So to see it come down uh, late in a four-point game is is what I'd expect. And um, looking ahead at the standings, now that with that win, um, that clinches a share of the Avocado League for, for Carlsbad, and they'll go to Lacoste next week. If they win it, they will get the outright title. My goodness, that would be quite the uh, reversal from early season vibes. Scripps Ranch, 34-6. They moved to eight and zero. Yeah, that was that was one where I know we talked earlier in the week. I thought it would be uh, a ten point game, maybe closer. So, Scripps. I mean, the way their defense keeps playing, I think that's the, the fifth or sixth time that they've held a team to um, either a touchdown or less this year. And so, uh, it doesn't matter who they play, whatever style they they keep shutting you down. And um, the offense, obviously, tonight was more than enough. Um, them along with Steel Canyon and Castle Park, two other two other teams that picked up wins to stay undefeated. San Pasquale scores another win tonight, 35-32 over Valley Center. I know I've asked this question already a couple of different times this year, but they keep winning every single game, it seems, by a close margin. So you have to really blow anybody out. But again, San Pasquale keeps on winning. So is this any sort of way for you to help tell if this team really truly is a legitimate threat or not? Yeah. I mean, I think the winning part's obviously the most important, whether or not they blow anyone out, maybe that means that the starters can't get more rest, um, but they keep winning. And, and obviously their only loss was to Torrey Pines, a game that they led late into that one. So um, I expect this to be a, a team that, I mean, no reason that they can't keep winning. I know they're the, the favorites in league. Um, I know Escondido lost the non-league game tonight, so that won't affect their league record. But um, San Pasquale is a team. You know what they're going to do. They're going to line up triple option, and um, so far not many have been able to slow it down. Bodie, I want to talk about the other team that is chasing in the Division Three playoffs with a legitimate shot perhaps still to challenge Scripps Ranch, and that is Hilltop. They win again tonight to move to 7-1 and one on the season. They so far have scored just a tick shy of 300 points this year. Are you, are you on board with them being a legitimate threat? Like you would like to see that game between them and Scripps Ranch in the D3 finals. Is that one to me, that one of all the divisions seems to be the biggest lock for a championship game. Yeah. Especially after seeing, cause coming into this week, we, uh, the CIF rankings had Scripps Ranch in San Diego one versus two. Now we've seen what one is done against two especially on a road game. So uh, I would assume it looks like in the rankings, at least that Hilltop should bypass uh, San Diego high this week. And hopefully come bracket time, we'll get them on the opposite sides. And um, that's definitely a game I would look forward to, especially the way Scripps Ranch defends and, and Hilltop seems to have their offense clicking this year. That would be a great one. You can find him at SD preps on all of the social media. Bodie De Silva is the official scorebook live reporter. For the San Diego CIF section, Scorebook Live, the digital partner of CIF, bringing you everything that you need scores and results-wise. Bodie, any final notes that you want to talk about before we say uh, that we'll see you on Wednesday? Yeah, the last one that caught my eye tonight was uh, Monta Vista. They, they played a Santana team that, that had not yet been defeated and, um, and took them down at home 37-10. to 10. So it wasn't, wasn't someone they squeaked out at the end. I know they had some alumni back, Jamon McClendon from last year. Uh, with UCLA having played. So uh, maybe the guys got fired up and wanted to show out for some alumni there. Yeah, that one kind of shocked me. And like I mentioned earlier in this interview, Adam Paul at EC Preps is uh, the one who interrupted it, trying to call in. He is a (laughs) Santana alumni, so I will let that be the perfect segue to say goodbye to you, Bodie, and stay tuned for Adam Paul. Bodie De Silva, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you in studio on Wednesday. And I say see you because we will actually see you for this time. This will be the first show that we will be actually live streaming or on video a little bit from the new Prep Insider Studios. Bodie, thank you very much, and we will see you then. All right, we are now joined by Adam Paul. You can follow him at EC underscore preps underscore SD on Twitter, EC preps SD on Instagram. Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Tell us uh, where you were at and what you saw tonight. I was out at 
Spring Valley um, for the uh, <clears throat> excuse me for the Santana Sultans traveling to Monte Vista to take on the Monte Vista Monarchs. Um, happened to be their homecoming. Uh, Monte Vista came away with a big uh, big win, 37 to 10 over the Sultans. Pretty much puts them in the driver's seat for um, a, a consecutive league crown. Um, for right now, they clinch at least a share. Uh, it was a big game by uh, um, Isaiah Gardner for the Monarchs. He ran, uh, ran for 154 yards, and, or excuse me, 157 yards and five touchdowns on 34 carries. Uh, the offensive line for the Monarchs just out physically played, manhandled the Sultans on, um, on with the offensive line. Santana just couldn't get anything, and they just ran clock. And you know, for for a second there, for a few minutes there, uh, Santana thought they had the momentum after after they blocked the field goal and ran it back for long yards and they scored on a couple plays later to make it 17 to 10 and then Monte Vista just put on the afterburners and went went from there and scored the final points of the uh, the final um, um, 30 uh, excuse me 20 points of the of the contest to make it the final score um, out in Spring Valley it, like I said it was a physical game they just out Manhandled um, Santana um, on 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 with their offensive line and Gardner and the uh, quarterback. I mean, they they just basically had their way all night long with the Sultans. Santana just couldn't get anything going on offense. Temple threw a couple of interceptions. Um, Brooke, uh, they they had a. Um, like I said, the long run back on the uh, blocked field goal. Um, but offensively, uh, they just couldn't get anything going. All right, so give me the knee-jerk overreaction, hot take, punditry, whatever you want to call it. Just give me a, a, an what does this loss absolute worst-case scenario mean for Santana, and what does this win absolute best-case scenario we, uh, mean for Monta Vista? Well, worst case scenario for Santana kind of derailed with you know this kind of loss, twenty-seven point loss to your league, you know another league opponent. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, how do you know? How do they come back? How do you come back from that? It could possibly derail their you know their wonderful season up to this point. You know, with a loss like that. You know, they came in, thought they, you know, were going to win. I mean, you know, they were undefeated 8 0 um, and 2 0 in league. And just to get manhandled, basically, steamrolled, um, uh, you know, confident, you know, big confidence loss for the Sultans um, with that loss. On the other hand, on the other side for Monte Vista, Huge confidence booster. Um, Hamamoto um, was quoted as saying it was the best game they've played um, all year. It was their homecoming, so that was another big incentive for the Monarchs. Um, they, you know, they put together all four quarters because there were games early on where they led the majority of the game only to see their opponents come back and um, pull out the victory. And again, it sets them up to be um, consecutive league champions. And also uh, for their, you know, for Division Two, and the fact that Santana was ranked in the top 10 according to the new CIS power rankings, um, that, I mean, should help Monte Vista a little bit in their um, playoff quest um, for for a Division Two, even though Santana is a Division Four Division Four squad. Okay, so admittedly, yeah, best and worst case possible scenarios, but 
huge props to Santana for their season up to this point. This amazing streak to start the year. It's something that leads to them winning a, a rivalry game with West Hills and having a couple of huge blowouts. And they are ready for the playoffs. So you could also make in the best case scenario, a lot of people will try to make the argument that a regular season loss is a, a, a good way to toughen up and you know really test the mettle of a team and yada, yada, yada. All it does for us on, on this end of the podcast is confuse the rankings and complicate and, and headache and nightmare to help figure out playoff seedings. But congratulations to the, uh, to the Santana Sultans on all they got uh, have achieved so far this season. Adam, any final notes on that game before maybe I uh, shoot a couple of East County scores at you and we do a little word association? Well, luckily Santana, you know, Santana will have the bye next week and um, Monta Vista plays Oklahoma Valley. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get some, you know, rest or you know, they'll be able to play other players to set up their big game against West Hills in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Santana's going to have to come back. I mean, it, it was a tough loss. I mean, 27 points, the butt whooping. Uh, and now people are going to say, okay, were they just, you know, who have they played? You know, who have they played? Were they, you know, paper contenders i mean i don't know we'll just see how they bounce back all right so let's go around the entire east county and i want to hit it with just give me a word or or a sentence tops from each of the games after i tell you the score you're you down for that yeah all right so first one west hills 14 escondido 7 this one played at escondido so a huge statement road win i believe as a bounce back for west hills give me your take that's a great win for the wolf pack um they needed that win um next game you know, we got um what we'll, we'll, we'll come back to some of these more in depth right now i just i want to make through the, the the entire scoreboard of the east county we got steel canyon 49 valhalla 7 uh, that was expected. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, let's see what else do we have in the East County. Okay, uh, Patrick Henry, forty-four. Mission Bay, forty-three. Shootout, exciting game. L Cap gets their first win of the season, 25-23 against Granite Hills. Huge season-changing game. Mount Miguel, forty-nine. El Cajon Valley, seven. That was expected. Helix 54, Grossmont 14. Another, unfortunately, that was another expected game. Another expected game. Morse 58, Christian 22. Thought it'd be a little bit closer. Looking through the final scores from Scorebook Live. I believe that is everybody out in the East County. So now that we've hit the entire scoreboard... Give me another. Uh, give me one or two of those games that you want to talk a little more in depth about. Shout out to Coach Burner and the Vaqueros. That's a huge win. Oh, um, especially I mean, considering it was their 60th anniversary homecoming game. So you know how it is, uh, Christian. Homecomings are always kind of a catch twenty two with the distractions. Um, you know that was a close game. The entire entire time um i believe they were i think el cap was actually winning at half i think if i saw correctly um and then they uh then they led by a little wider of a margin and uh granite hills came back to pull within 25 23 and then they ended up they uh, vaqueros ended up holding on to uh for the for what i think it was a season changing huge win for them especially for their playoff picture. So congratulations to LCAP. Give us one more game you want to talk a little bit more in-depth, long-form reaction to. Uh, congratulations to West Hills. That's another you know big road win up in Escondido. Escondido is a contender for Division Four. 
West Hills needed needed that victory as you know as, like you said they lost last week to Santana um, and so you know coach Ash you know got his players up and you know up and re- you know prepared and it was a good bounce back um, against a high scoring um, offense like uh, like the Cougars of Escondido you can follow them at EC underscore preps underscore SD on Twitter EC preps on Instagram, Adam Paul is joining us. Adam, any final notes on the action out in the East County before we say goodnight? I'll tell you what, Monte Vista's looking dangerous. Um, Coach Halamoto's got those guys rolling now. Um, so that game against West Hills in a couple weeks, um, you know, obviously Monte Vista has to win that game. Now that Santana's lost, it gives West Hills there's bigger incentive now now there could be tri-champion uh on the uh the valley side if uh west hills wins in a couple weeks um so it's kind of throwing things for a loop um on the uh on the uh, valley side and of course on the hillside you got the you know everybody's preparing for the big showdown to end the season between steel can and helix um both teams won and so they the, ro- the all roads point to point to that game at the end of the year. You you just sort of feel like you're getting a treat when the Holy Bowl is here, and then the Holy Bowl all of a sudden. Well, it it is the biggest. It was the biggest, but there's another major big one to look forward to in a week or two. It's just been an amazing season, and Adam Paul has been a huge part of that. Go check everything out on his social media. Great clips. He's always in the right place at the right time with something good coming straight at his camera lens. Adam, thank you very much for joining us and. Uh, Let's get you on the regular, uh, or not the regular, the weekly show, uh, re- previewing and uh, maybe talk about some of the announcements for league changes out in the East County. Uh, oh, that'd talk, be great, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you on, uh, about that on Wednesday. Adam Paul, EC Preps, SD, go follow him. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. We are now joined by Raymond Brown at SD Football of the San Diego Football Network on social media. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us. Nine weeks of San Diego high school football is in the books. You have been all across the county interviewing players, covering games, being there for the big moments. What did you see this week? Um, I saw Scripps Ranch improved to 8-0 and after a dominating performance over my San Diego Cavers. Um, but it was a well-deserved win. Um, they they played great on defense, especially. Um, the Cavers couldn't get anything going on offense, which resulted in a 17 and nothing halftime. But um, despite all that, um, the Cavers did have three turnovers in the first half, but um, unfortunately their offense didn't help them by staying off the scoreboard. So let's so, um, t- let, let, let's talk about your takeaway from that Scripps Ranch win because, like you mentioned, 34-13. It's a big win, I feel like, in two directions. It's a big win to send dominance and, you know, convey that this Scripps Ranch is real. Whatever you want to – whatever cliche about, oh, they're, they're the real deal now, great, throw that in there. But to me, also, this becomes a really interesting – Division three playoff race now and puts a little bit of distance, I believe, between the one and the two uh, in my book of Scripps Ranch Hilltop. And then now it's starting to look like everybody else is behind them for being the odds on favorites for that Division three final. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Scripps Ranch is definitely the top team in Division three. That is absolutely insane. Huge, huge moves being made by Coach Gardner the last couple of years to write the program there and uh, have them dominating. Another score that I want to ask you about is Coronado twenty. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, sh- I should. Any any final notes you want to talk about on that game before we move on? Well, yeah. Just want to congratulate uh, Scripps Ranch. Um, what's scary is they did this without their star player, uh, Rashad Griffin, who was on the sideline. And um, I got to talk to him a little bit. He told me that he should be back next week. So um, it's good to see him doing good and walking around and looking great. Absolutely great to hear that that he will be back. We always 
wish players speedy and full recoveries, but sometimes when you're late in the season, you know it, it's it's a hard decision to make, but sometimes it's the best decision to be safe and take those extra weeks with your health. So uh, final note there on Scripps Ranch 34-6. I want to bounce over to a couple more scores countywide. Is that cool with you? Yes, sir. And, and the first one I, I already alluded to it was Coronado 29, Crawford 22. Coronado, uh, the Islanders, they are now 5-3 and three on the season with back-to-back wins against Claremont and Crawford. Are they back in the hunt? Um, I don't know. They have a game next week against San Diego. I mean, if San Diego can't get any offense going, they might have a chance there. So uh, who knows? Um, I can't figure out who they uh, close out the season with, but um, uh, they they have a chance. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a hard fought game against San Diego. But uh, if they win that game, then um, I definitely see them as a contender in uh, Division Four, I believe. Yes, they are in Division Four currently sitting somewhere in the five to eight seed, depending on which rankings you're looking at. Uh, I have the uh, Max Preps and Scorebook Live tabs open currently on my computer here in the studio. And I, I, I ask you about Coronado, though, because, like you mentioned, they are San Diego's next opponent. And to me, the the reaction becomes... You know, this is the the time that you'd want to be Coronado taking on San Diego. And for San Diego, this is the time that you need to have a bounce-back statement win to stay competitive in terms of getting a home game in the playoffs. So, interesting score there. As we now get down to the the segment of the season where you can actually just project out one or two games and really calculate stuff with a little bit more clarity. Um, Elsewhere around the county... The Holy Bowl was going on, 35-14 final score for Cathedral Catholic. What did you, what, what, what's your takeaway from the Holy Bowl this year? I'm very impressed with Cathedral. I mean, they was down 14 to nothing, and to come back and put up 35 run after points against a super talented Saints team. Um, yes, uh, shots to Xavier Watson, got a couple of touchdowns, and um, outstanding win for Cathedral. Around the county, one unbeaten continues in Castle Park, 38 nothing over Southwest San Diego, and one unbeaten comes to an end in uh, Santana, losing to Monta Vista. What's your takeaway from those two teams? First of all, congratulations to Castle Park. Um, I knew they were going to roll through um, Southwest. Um, as far as Santana, um, I believe I was talking to you last week, and I said I was going to be smooth sailing for them. Uh, I got them. I got Monta Vista mixed up with Mount Miguel, <laughs> so um, yeah, um, Monta Vista is definitely not a um, smooth sailing opponent, and they proved that by uh, taking out a very good Santana team. And um, yeah, very very good win for them, and um, that puts them in first place in the Valley League. So great win for Monta Vista. We're talking to Raymond Brown from San Diego Football Network. You can follow him at SD Football on Twitter and San Diego Football Network on Instagram. All sorts of great highlights, analysis, and inside access to teams, coaches. Raymond, any scores that you saw tonight that you really just want to get to, or uh, can we maybe do a little bit of just general, I give you a score, you give me a word or a sentence? Give me a score. All right, let's go. Patrick Henry, 44, Mission Bay, 43. Uh, I didn't think that game was going to be as close as it was, but um, congratulations to Patrick Henry for pulling that off. Shout out to my two players of the week, uh, Matt Casillo and um, Kai Jesse. And um, Yeah, um, outstanding to win, but they, um, it's going to be tough next week because they have to go to Scripps Ranch and try to take on the undefeated 8-0 Falcons. Montgomery 48, San Ysidro 0. Montgomery continues to rack up the wins as they go to 7-1. and one. Yes, uh, congratulations to Montgomery. I believe that was a rivalry game. Battle with a high 805. Um, yeah, great win there. Um, San Ysidro, I don't know what's going on with that program, but um, they've been struggling for a while. I like to see them turn it around sometime. 
Rancho Bernardo wins 27-21 against Mount Carmel to move to 6-2 on the season. After an 0-2 start with losses to Madison and San Pasqual, Rancho Bernardo looked a little bit in disarray. They have rattled off six straight wins. How good is this Rancho Bernardo team? Oh, they're pretty good, man. Uh, way to bounce back from 0-2 is that's uh, really tough, man. A lot of teams uh, lose a lot of confidence there, but um, they got to get a coach's credit for um, getting that team back on track after a slow start. To um, you know, those are not uh, two bad teams to lose to. Madison and San Squad, those are two pretty good teams. But um, yeah, way to go! Uh, keep the momentum going. You can follow him at SD Football on Twitter, San Diego Football Network on Instagram. Raymond Brown is who we're talking to right now. Raymond, any other scores, players, anything stand out to you around the county that you want to talk to before we say goodbye? Uh, shout out to Foothills Christian. They're the um, they're they're kind of the underground. Um, they're the under the radar undefeated team. They improved to eight and zero. So um, shout out to them and uh. That's about it, man. I appreciate being on here once again and talking high school football with you. Oh, my man. It's a pleasure. It it is always great to speak with you as well. One more time, we'll tell you, you can find him at SD Football on Twitter, San Diego Football Network on Instagram. All sorts of great content coming at you all season long. Raymond Brown, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.